AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Looked like a video game. Those guys looked like they were straight out of Madden. Uh, they were clicking, you know, all three levels. When they were going deep ball, short, you know, medium, he was, you know, they were, they were on point. And, and we're going to need them to be like that. Maybe not quite as uh, dominant as today, but... You know, they're going to have to be on the same page, you know, throughout this stretch. Flacco from under center from the 25, play fake to Hunt, and a roll out to the left. Flacco, eyes downfield, deep shot, left sideline, wants Cooper, he has it, running free at the 20, at the 10, touchdown! Samari Cooper is in the end zone with a 75-yard touchdown. Samari Cooper did it again. Yeah, uh couple takeaways uh, Zedarius getting two uh, sacks which I thought was outstanding uh, you know harassing the quarterback I, I thought our defense was, was really good got to get to the 47 he him under pressure now flushed out to the right chased by right spins back to the left and he goes down sacked at the 25 yard line Zedarius Smith finally gets one yeah because you know the DBs most of the times they're smaller than I am and I, I feel like you know most quarterbacks have played with smaller body receivers. Um, and so I have to remind them sometimes because, you know, we have to communicate, uh, especially given the circumstances, him coming in so late. Uh, I just remind them, like, yo, like, just sometimes you could just throw it up. Like, these guys are small compared to me. I could just um, use my body to shield them off and go up and make a play. Flacco, gun, waiting for it, three on the play clock, pumps the leg, takes the snap. Flacco, firing into the end zone. Cooper, touch, down! Amari Cooper does it again. Are you kidding me? Joe Flacco, 300 plus three touchdowns on the day. Amari Cooper now over 200 yards. His second touchdown on the day. His eighth catch. What a clinic being put on by the Cleveland Browns. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Good afternoon and welcome in to a Victory Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. I hope everybody had a great Christmas yesterday for those who celebrate it because your Browns delivered an early present down there in Houston, 36-22, to beating the Houston Texans to get their 10th win on the season. Your 10-5 Cleveland Browns, Gibbe. This team is so fun, but before we get into all that, how was your day yesterday? How was Christmas? How did it all go down? I know you're doing a lot of hosting and whatnot. It, I, it, was, not a, uh, it was not a day off. It no. Not, it was definitely not a day of rest. No, 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 no. Uh, I think I left here at about 11.15 Sunday night uh, after we got done unloading everything and then already filling out plans for the week so we could hit the ground running this morning. Uh, it was good, man. Uh, family had a great time. Um, maybe a little overserved by a number of people. I kept it under control and was responsible, which usually doesn't happen. But 
I could see the wheels coming off, and I knew I needed to be productive today. Yeah, we certainly, so, certainly did. There's a lot of joy we've got to spread to the people. There's a lot to do, and a l- it's a big, quick turnaround today. Big, quick. I don't even know what that means. I've been running in 40 different directions here this morning. So how about us, Gibbe? How about us getting to be a part of history down there? And we heard a lot of it in the open. Amari Cooper setting a new Cleveland Browns franchise record. With 265 yards receiving, Amari Cooper setting a new career high. Amari Cooper also with the most receiving yards in a game this season. Hi, this is Nathan Zagura, and you're listening to 850 ESPN Cleveland. I am Nathan Zagura, and you are listening to 850 ESPN Cleveland. So it's true, but what is also true, Amari Cooper, as I mentioned, 265 yards, breaking an over-decade-long record that was set by Josh Gordon back in 2013 when he had 261 yards against the Jags, 265 for Amari. You see the numbers there. Titus career high with 11 catches, 265 yards. That's a career high, 24.1 yards per catch. Unbelievable. It says long there too. Long with 75, or maybe that should be touchdowns there. Touchdowns, he did have two of them on the game. Uh, just an incredible performance. You know, he joins Terrell Owens as the only two receivers to ever have a 200-yard receiving game with three different teams. That's incredible. So I guess I said victory Monday at the beginning. It's Tuesday. Hold on. I did it. Yeah. On air light we, would be good for you, dude, we're you missing. Know. We're missing Uno. We're missing Ocho. We're missing Brandon from the video department. Everybody went down Uno's over the down. weekend. Griff is down. Yellowstone's here with me like, keeping things yeah. I guess Somewhat it is a victory Tuesday. I'm totally thrown off because of yesterday being Christmas. Yeah. It's like I'm in um I know. Billy Masson. What day is it? October? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that this Browns team, unbelievable. Every week this team is so fun. Now this one was a laugher at one point, folks. It was thirty six to seven. This was a laugher. Browns were in complete control at that moment. Now, they take all the starters out. The second team defense gives up a touchdown, onside kick recovered, touchdown. So that's how we got to 36-22. Then the Stars had to come back in, and the good, the only silver lining in that is that got Amari one more catch for 13 yards, which put him from 252 to 265 and got him the Cleveland Browns single game record. You know, this team has is doing historic things uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You got to do some historic things on the offensive side of the ball. Joe Flacco in this game throwing for 368 yards, becoming only the second quarterback in Browns history, joining Josh McCown to throw for more than 300 yards in three straight games. He set the record now for the most passing yards and passing touchdowns in Browns history for a quarterback in their first four games with the franchise. I, I mean, it's unbelievable what he did. Zadarius Smith dominant that's what we all expected all season and he really has been dominant he just hasn't gotten the sacks well he got two of them in this game and a tip pass that led to Deron Harmon's interception but as seems to be the case with the Cleveland Browns and I'm not trying to you know get a little grinchy here these victories are coming with a price they are coming with the price of injury and every single week it feels like the Browns are adding to that list and in this one it was really be due to a, a, a failure on special teams. You give up, you go 14 nothing. kickoff, give up a big return, in fact, as big as can be, a touchdown to Damian Pierce, and you get Dustin Hopkins hurt on that play. Kevin Stefanski said he is week to week. He will not play on Thursday. 
Riley Patterson will be the Browns kicker on Thursday in his third NFL season out of Memphis. He was signed by the Vikings in 2021. 37 career games with the Lions and the Jaguars. 58 of 66 on field goals, 87 of 90 on PATs. This season he appeared in 13 games with the Lions, making 15 of his 17 field goal attempts. Now, so Dustin Hopkins, he gets hurt. We know D-Hop, he's only three points away now, or four points away now from setting a new record for the Browns of most points in a season, trailing Jim Brown. And so you don't know if he'll get a chance to do that. He's been the best kicker in the NFL, quite frankly. He's a first-team All-Pro in my book and a pro bowler. But then Corey Bohorquez had to handle kickoffs. Well, Corey Bohorquez got hurt trying to hit these little squib kicks. And so you don't know. We don't know his status for Thursday. So the team has signed punter Matt Hack to the practice squad. He's in his seventh NFL season out of Arizona State. Originally started with the Dolphins as an undrafted free agent in 2017. He's appeared in 98 games with the Dolphins, Bills, Colts. He has booted 429 career punts. For 4.5 average, 160 inside the 20. So those guys, Dustin Hopkins, Corey Bohorquez, have been so important to what the Browns have done. Bohorquez has been a weapon flipping the field, and then D-Hop has been, as I said, the best kicker in the National Football League. Both hurt, one on the kick return for a touchdown, the second trying to then do the kickoffs, which he normally would not do. So this is, it's rough. It was a tough day for Bubba Ventrone's unit. Uh, he's going to get it right. I have all the confidence in the world. The Browns have been one of the best coverage teams in the league so far this year. One of the best special teams units, period, in the NFL, and I expect that will be the norm. Now, you saw something on an onside kick that you didn't recover, and the good news is all these things happen in a win, and, and so you can learn from them and make sure that in situations where it, critical, it could be critical, the Browns aren't going to allow you know an onside kick to be recovered. They are not going to allow a kick to be returned for a touchdown. But this was such a good performance by the Browns. I mean, at one point I said it was 36-7, to seven, six minutes to go, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And the Browns had outgained the Texans at that point, 406-106. to 106. They were spectacular. The Browns' starting defense didn't allow a point in this game. Not one point, zero. Seven on a kick return touchdown. And then 15 on two touchdown drives back-to-back against the backups. Starters did not allow a single point. In fact, the starters played so well, Case Keenum got sent to the pine. Case Keenum had 11 completions for 62 yards. 11 completions for 62 yards. He was averaging three yards an attempt through the air. That is unbelievable defense. Devin Singletary couldn't get going. The Browns got them off the field repeatedly. In fact, when the starters came out, I think they'd only allowed one third down conversion in the game, held them to 3.7 yards per play, 3.4 yards per pass attempt. I mean, this defense, and you talk about Zadarius Smith, two sacks in this one, really had three, had one wiped out on a penalty, had a hit that led directly to an interception. He was playing like the Pro Bowl Zadarius Smith. Miles Garrett, dominant as always. Still no sacks. He was right there. A couple tackles for a loss, though. J.O.K., back-to-back weeks now with an interception. The guy's unreal. DeAnthony Bell forces a fumble in that role. Two passes defensed as well in a quarterback hit on a blitz. MJ with a pass breakup. Had a couple penalties. We're going to get those cleaned up. Deron Harmon, the next in a long line of guys who just come to this football team off the street and make plays. And I actually talked with Deron Harmon uh, today, an interview you will hear on the Kevin Stefanski Show tomorrow night, right? Special edition of the Kevin Stefanski Show on a Wednesday, Gibe, on a first Friday. Tomorrow night, the Kevin Stefanski Show. Here from Deron Harmon. He told me it was between the Niners 
And the Browns, the Niners and the Browns both called him. And he decided to come to the Cleveland Browns. He's like, this is what, where I thought I had the best opportunity, where I'd fit the best. He knew some of the people here, obviously, from his time uh, in New England. And so he came. And he gets an interception with a little assist, certainly there, from Zadarius Smith. Alex Wright stepping up again. Another sack. Almost an interception on a zone dog where he dropped into coverage. Shelby Harris had a great game. I mean, this defense, you can't say enough good things about this defense. They played so well. And you love to see it. You got an opportunity now against a team that, that struggles on offense against all teams other than the Washington Commanders. The Jets, who had a wild win in their own right. A Greg Zerline walk-off 55-yarder. But we'll meet the Jets tomorrow. But again, on the offense, Flacco, 27-42, 368, three touchdowns, two picks. One of those picks was at the end of the first half because we didn't have a kicker. And so he just threw it into the end zone. Amari, 11 for 265 and 2. Chiefs, 6 for 44 and 1. And then everybody else, only a couple of catches, but they're a big ones. Cedric Tillman, two catches, 13 yards, both first downs. Elijah Moore, big catch on a third down that set up the Chiefs' touchdown. Jordan Akins, two catches for 18 yards. So everybody kind of did their part, did what they had to do. And it all started off Pierre Strong, opening kickoff, 36 yards. Boom, Flacco, 53 yards down to Amari Cooper. Touchdown, Jerome Ford. This team just had it going. And Joe Flacco, can you say enough about him and what he's done for this football team? You talk about ridiculous throws. The throw on Chiefs touchdown, middle of the field open, cover, uh, cover two quarters beater, where you get that kind of stick and go. That throw was unreal, and he's throwing it flat-footed getting hit. The throw to Amari Cooper on the sideline on fourth and eight, which would ultimately lead to a touchdown on that drive. He, folks, it – was surreal live. I think all I did was I think I just laughed on the broadcast. I'm not sure I offered any analysis. I was just like, <laughs> this is completely absurd what well, you, we're witnessing. You, I, I believe. Where's my notes? My my notes for the video department on GoPro. Uh, in the third quarter, Andrew, that was art. <laughs> Two plays later, that's beautiful. That came directly from you. Like, that was it. The art was talking about the Amari Cooper route yeah. on the third down where he faked Correct. the guy out that he was blocking. It was That was unbelievable. They just kept making plays oh in my the God. second half. Well, we went on in the second half, and this fourth down conversion. Again, he's being hit. He is falling forward to the ground. Amari's double teamed, by the way, when you watch it back on tape. He's getting hit almost from the front as he's falling and throws to the sideline, throws an out. Our comeback, he actually throws Amari Cooper open in a window as big as the football. Otherwise, that could have been a pick six. Easy. Easy. And instead, it's a completion. We end up getting a touchdown to end that drive. I think it was a touchdown to Amari uh, at the end of that one. The Browns in the third quarter got the ball with 12 minutes and 14 seconds to go in the third quarter. They went on an 18-play, 89-yard drive that took 9 minutes and 39 seconds of possession off the clock for a touchdown then we got the ball back on the interception by Deron Harmon we go 10 plays 50 yards for a touchdown that took four minutes and six seconds off and that was basically the ball game now we know that the the Cleveland Browns did not have as much success once they took the starters out but they were able to get them back in there and get done but you talk about an 18 play drive on the road you have no kicker so you're going forward on fourth down and Flacco makes an even more ridiculous throw than we've seen and we've seen him make some ridiculous ones. That fourth down throw, I'm telling you folks, that throw, there's no doubt in my mind, that had a lower probability of being a catch than the ball against the Bears that was in the middle of three guys. This was, it was absurd. It was absurd. I was talking to, I talked to uh, 
Joe Flacco after the game about it, all he could do was laugh. He goes, yeah, that one was that was pretty ridiculous. This team, it's fun, right? It's fun, Cleveland. We're having a great time with it. 10-5 and five and an opportunity to clinch at home. We're 7-1 and one at home. We're going to be in the all-whites. They want a whiteout. You're seeing players call for it. So dress in your Cleveland whites if you got them. We've got a lot of white gear. Get, get a white hoodie on there. Be warm. White jacket. Maybe a white starter. Folks at Amish have a beautiful cream. White, that counts for a white That counts. Out. I was going to say the cream counts. I'm wearing it. That's what I'm going to wear. I'm going to wear the cream. Counts. I guess I'll be in that too then. Yeah. Listen, we need everybody there early. Everybody there early. Pace yourselves. Pace yourselves. Make sure you're working some waters as you're getting ready in the Muni lot for this primetime game, Thursday night football, an opportunity for the Browns to clinch the playoffs. Now, last night, the Niners were a little bit of a Grinch, but I completely blame my father. And I told him as, as much. Last week, there was a big controversy going on in our group chat. A lot of people in the Bay Area, I was telling Bo about this, talking about how Brock Purdy is Joe Montana. And I'm like, we got to stop this. We got to stop this right now. This guy hasn't even been to a Super Bowl, let alone won four, like the great Joe Montana. Joe, it's Joe Montana and Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Those are on, they're on the Mount Rushmore. Brock Purdy not even doesn't deserve to be in that sentence yet. And I believe wholeheartedly that that kind of blasphemy led to the type of performance we saw last night, four interceptions and the Niners losing to the Ravens, which kind of killed a little bit of our joy because I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Oh, it was the conversation around the table during that pathetic Eagles-Giants game. Well, we were talking about the number one seed. What, it feels what's, like, What's okay. happening here? Like, they go one and two, we go two and oh. Well, the Chiefs lose, and then they throw up the graphic. The only three teams that could possibly be the one seed in the AFC are the Ravens, Dolphins, and us. And you're like, all right, Niners beat Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Dolphins just need to lose one or two. Okay. Yep. And they have a tough schedule. The Ravens have the Dolphins. Yeah. They played each other. At the and end. then the Dolphins have to play Buffalo. Buffalo. I don't think anybody wants to play Buffalo. It was so doable. Now it would require the Steelers, who just did play spoiler and beat the Bengals, but it would require the Steelers to beat the Ravens. And about that, I am not optimistic. <laughs> I'm not optimistic. No. But it's so what? Get in the dance. And right now, the way that it's shaking out is that it's likely to be the Browns and whoever wins the AFC South. Well, you've beaten everybody in the AFC South. In fact, you've beaten everybody in the AFC South in 2020. You beat everybody in the AFC South again this year. Kevin Stefanski is 10-0 and against the AFC South. Never lost. Never. Never lost. He dominates the AFC South. Oh, everything. Right now? Like, oh, okay, the Ravens are the Ravens. But any of the wild cards could take out everybody else. Chiefs are Chiefs. That was Chiefs are a mess. Mess getting a little temper tantrumy. Up perfect, there. perfect. Yeah, they don't look great. Dolphins maybe, maybe are Taylor explosive, can come up with a song for that. They're getting they're getting banged up a little bit. My kids were actually curi- rooting for the Chiefs because of of Travis and thus Taylor. What is going on what in your house? Here? Can you get a grip on things what are we in doing there? Here? Now they root for the Browns. They're Browns fans first okay. and foremost. All right. Yeah. But they, they – they, I don't need them zapping you of zest. I can do that on my I own. I don't need their help. Yeah. No, no there's nobody – you know, only – you're you're my uh, zap zester. Zapper. Zap, well, zapper I, of zest. I, for the Thief most part, it's been good. Yeah, it's been great. We had a great – we had oh a great run as an God. alliance in L.A. Saturday. Saturday night. Oh, man. That was a treat. Had a real nice – 
Real nice treat there on uh, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y at a, at a fine establishment down in Houston. The butter cake was running wild on people. For- really would have liked a heads up that the butter cake could have been split into like three or four slices as opposed to a whole butter cake. And I can't believe the guy Oof. told you as he put it down, hey, you know you're about to eat a 2,000-calorie dessert. By I the was way, like, no, I'm not, didn't even I'm count- going to eat like a, a, a piece of this, and I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of it. By the way, it is that not didn't even in- count the alamode on top of it. That was just the cake. Could have explained why I felt the way I did on yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, but it was uh, eating half a cow also will do worth that it. Yeah, we went. You and I went turf and turf. We we did. We split up a little lamb, little some lamb chops, <laughs> and a, a little fillet, a bone in fillet. It was, it was it was delightful. Real treat. That was a great time. This was it, what a successful road trip. You have that. We have a great Saturday night. We're all responsible in bed by eleven. Yeah. Game Sunday is a pure joy. Got a little tense for a second there. I would but just much like, joy. like, okay, so I got to do my timing right. It's 2.45 local time in Houston. 3.45 here. Yep. Yeah. And there is six minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. 35 minutes later, we finally wrap up. I need to, if we need to stop that. doing this. I know uh, you were mentioning it. I, I'm trying to save audio and get stuff ready here for the rest of the show and do a bunch of things. We're I know playing you mentioned long it. games. I need, I need this to st- – Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. Playing, we play long games. We're playing I, the, I mean, the first quarter. Hey, I, heard, I, once heard, <laughs> I once heard a great man say, play in the long game. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> oh, he, I heard it. He laughed. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. Oh, oh fantastic. All right. Vivid Seats. Those are the hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats. Head to Vivid Seats to purchase the brand new premium terrace experience. Your ticket comes with a pregame field pass, parking, all-inclusive food and beverage, and a $50 brown shop gift card. Man, sounds great. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats is an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from the head coach. Yeah. All right, we're going to hear from Kevin Spansky. He's going to give you all the updates there. We, we told you at the top about hop, D-Hop. Uh, DTR to IR, by the way, after he got twisted nasty. And we saw him after the game not moving well. Uh, got twisted up uh, by one of the Texans. He's on IR now with the hip. P.J. Walker back to the active roster, getting signed up off of the practice squad today. He will back up Joe Flacco. And I would expect the Browns probably will bring in another quarterback here to the practice squad. So we got Kevin Stefanski coming up there. Then we'll take a look at the AFC North and the AFC playoff pitcher, which got a little bit more clarity over the weekend. Coming up second hour of the program. You know what happens at 2 o'clock. The half. That's right, the Joe Thomas half hour. That's going to be pure joy. And then we are going to hear from the man himself, Joe Flacco, 240, coming your way. That's the lineup. Cleveland Browns Daily, pure joy on a victory Tuesday, brought to you by BallyBet. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available 
iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. They break the huddle with Tillman and Cooper to the right. Jerome Ford checks back in. Najoku and Elijah Moore to the left. Right clock set Ford. Now direct snap to Ford. Running right. Jerome Ford tries to get to the pylon. He's in. Touchdown. Touchdown. Browns on the opening drive. Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Betta, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Head into the Browns regular season home finale against the Jets. Be sure to have the most up-to-date version of the Browns app downloaded so you are able to participate in the halftime whiteout light show presented by Dude Wipes. To the podium we go, here's your head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Coach Sala, well, I know a bunch of their coaches. Uh, they have very good players, really good schemes, so... We, you got to go to get your homework done during a short week. Uh, you don't have the same amount of practices. You don't have the same amount of walkthroughs, meetings, et, et cetera. So you really have to do a good job as coaches and as players of preparing uh, for Thursday night. And then, as you know, getting your bodies uh, ready for Thursday night is another challenge for uh, both sides. But offensively, you know, score a bunch of points last week versus Washington, uh, possess the football for a long time, uh, and, and I thought played really well. Uh, Trevor Simeon's a guy that I know. Uh, we'll see how that plays out over the course of this week. But uh, Trevor's a guy that has played and, and won in this league. Uh, Zach Wilson's extremely athletic, can, can make all those throws. So we'll see how that plays out. But really good players. I think Garrett Wilson's a, as good as there is in, in the NFL, really. He's, he's a, a special player. So we'll have our hands full when we're facing their offense. Uh, defensively, I, again, Coach Sala, Coach Holbrook, they do a great job. Uh, it's a scheme that uh, is similar to ours. Uh, there's enough difference, uh, you know, in some of the things that they do versus what we do on defense. But really good players, uh, great players in the back end, great players up front, linebackers that can run. Uh, and then special teams, they're, they're ranked very high, uh, good specialist, uh, sound schemes. Uh, so we'll have to really be about our business uh, on Thursday. On the injury front, uh, Dustin Hopkins is week to week with his injury. He will not play this week. Uh, and then Dorian Thompson-Robinson will go on IR with a hip injury, unfortunately, that he suffered uh, in that last ball game. So disappointed uh, for both those guys. Uh, but we'll uh, obviously continue to get the guys ready. And with that, I'll take any questions. It was when he uh, got you know bent up a little bit there during the game. What about the uh, We'll see. Not sure yet. And, uh, who would be your holder if he can't do it? Working through it. It would be the the punter. Yeah. Yeah. Did Corey get hurt at the kickoffs? Yes. Just because it's unusual? Like exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it's going to be like Thursday night at that stadium? I mean, you talk about it every week. But Electric. Chance to win the play. You know, Electric. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, you know, our fans have been incredible all season long. I feel like I say that over and over, but I mean it. 
uh, I can't wait to get down there. Our team can't wait to get down there. Uh, just need them to behave themselves for most of the day so that they're able to be, be with us in the fourth quarter. Kevin, what about Riley and the initial conversations with him then, I guess? Yeah, came in, did a nice job in his workout. Uh, obviously has, has uh, production in this league and in, in this season, so a guy we're comfortable with. For the Jaguars all last year, kicked in the playoffs. How important is that that he has postseason experience? Yeah, I think just the experience uh, period is important uh, when when it comes to a kicker uh, in this situation. But a guy that that I think had a good workout, um, has good tape. Uh, believe in him. He's down at the stadium today. Correct. Yes. Did the uh, amount of injuries affect your kick coverage team last week that allowed that uh, long return? Uh, no, I, I don't think that's fair to say. I think we we, we need to be better, uh, and and we will be. You guys talked about you know that Jets game last year, and watching that back and stuff. I mean, just how crazy is it to look at where you guys are now, and Joe in this building, for example, and, and looking back to that yeah. Game in I think, as you know, Ashley, these uh, you can't predict this league. That's why everybody watches, and uh, yeah, things uh, you know happen throughout the courses of seasons and that type of thing, and faces change and different people come in. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it, it's similar teams schematically, and in a lot of ways, it's different. You've had success taking deep shots you know, with this offense, but it just feels like with Joe, you guys have connected on more of those opportunities. Um, why do you think that is, and just what type of a you know, shot in the arm has that long game with Joe infused in the offense? Yeah, I think it's, it's always dependent on scheme that you're playing oftentimes and then with shots there, there's games there's there, you go a bunch of games in a row you hit all of them you go a bunch of the games in a row you can't hit a shot it just it, it those come and go as well like Joe do you just have to live with some of those interceptions or, or are you verbalizing to him that he needs to cut down on them? well I, no, I and I wouldn't necessarily call him a gunslinger Mary Kay uh, the, the interceptions themselves I mean the I the deep shot to Marquise was a shot you know we, we encouraged him if that if you got a similar look, I don't think maybe the ball hung up more than he wanted it to. And then the one at the end of the half, you know, in a normal situation, you're kicking a field goal and those don't happen. So I appreciate that he's just given our guys a chance in, in that situation. Did you just not like what you guys saw to DeAnthony Bell to kick that last one? Yeah, I didn't want to put those guys in a tough spot, even where we were. I know it's a shorter field goal, but the operation, you could get it blocked. I just didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. Dustin had a hamstring issue when he was out mm -hmm. in LA. Is this the same hamstring? I'm not sure. Actually, yeah, I'm not sure. Worse or better that it's the plant leg? Uh, probably better. Yeah. Orquez is it's kicking leg though, left right. one. So that's not good. We'll see. Will your emergency hunters and kickers get a little work this week in practice just in case? Yeah, we feel good about that. You know, obviously, we feel good about our plan. We we know. You know, we'll have two healthy. We'll have a, a kicker and a punter that we feel good about. We know that. Kevin has uh, the seamlessness with, with which Joe has stepped in. Has that even exceeded your expect expectations for what he would able be able to do so early on, taking over for you? Yeah, I'd say you know being around some of those veterans over the years, Jake. They've seen a lot of football. They've played a lot of football. They've been in different systems. So uh, I think there's guys that. With, with that amount of turns and with that amount of years in different systems, uh, they can come in and operate pretty quickly. Now, you got to be very intelligent and you got to work like crazy to do it. And I think Joe's done both those things. Uh, but I think there's enough similarity 
to the things that we're doing that he's done in the past, and I think he could, he could lean into that experience. The fact that the arm looks like this. Uh, Who were you pointing to when you said you, that? You, uh, the fact that he's, you know, his arm looks like it did when he first stepped in the league. What do you make of that? Yeah, it's a great gift from God, I guess. You know, he, he blessed him with, with that ability. And all those characteristics you're talking about, does that allow Joe that extra half click to allow plays to develop on the field for routes to get deeper, all those kinds of things? Yeah, but yeah I, I think the big thing, Tom, is, is he does have the ability to push the ball down the field and to all areas of the field. So not just the deep ball, but to, to be able to throw the ball from the, from the right hash all the way outside the left hash. I mean, those are plays that uh, obviously Joe can, can push the ball down the field. This game like you did against Houston, mm -hmm. do you expect like, the next defense to go above and beyond to try to take him away? Yeah, I mean, he, he, I've seen it all when it comes to Amari uh, in terms of attention. You know, you can cloud him. You can ro rotate a safety over the top and cover two. You can take your post safety and lean to him. You can bracket him. So we've really seen it all. Uh, even on that first play, I mean, it's quarters. He's getting bracketed, but he ran through the bracket. So uh, he gets attention. It doesn't mean that he can't still win, but it does open up opportunities for all the other players. Murray was talking about this the other day, that uh, that he knows that even if Joe's getting dragged down, mm -hmm. that that doesn't mean the play is over because he has the arm to get it all the way across mm -hmm. field, even when he's you know yeah. <laughs> almost on his back. So you know, how, how does that help you guys? That like it's it's just never over. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's a good point, Mary Kay, because uh, that play in particular, Joe's so big, he's got people draped all over him, but. He's hard to bring down and has the arm talent. To, he doesn't need to step into it. He can let it go with his wrist and, and still put enough on the ball. So that's, that's again, uh, a factor of, of his ability. But also, uh, you know, we've made plays off schedule. We, we've made some scramble drill plays, uh, which, as you know, are so important and, and hard to find uh, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I hear you say, Curtis, that you take shots and sometimes it doesn't work. But his ability, how, does, how much does that open up the playbook for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the plays we're running, you know, you, you just continue to run different iterations of things that you've done. Um, but again, like we've talked about before, there's with shot plays, quote unquote, uh, you have you still have a read. You have a top down read oftentimes in, in that regard. So if the top guy is open, you, you give him an opportunity. Uh, and then if he's not, you bring the ball down. So there's times where you call him and you may call 10 shots in a game. If they don't give it to you, the, the look that you're anticipating or they don't play it a certain way, you, you, you never, uh, you're never bored taking a, a nice completion on a check down. You've been increasingly creative in the scoring zone running play this year. Is it out of necessity you've gone that way or do you just look at the Chiefs and say they do it pretty good? So. <laughs> Let's try. Yeah, we uh, hard, hard to copy what those what Coach Reed does with his guys. Um, no, for us, it's always Tony just trying to find different ways to score. I mean, as you know, you get down there, it's hard. Uh, the, the field dimensions change. It's hard to throw it in. It becomes hard to run it in because you can't block everybody. So uh, I think our coaches do an outstanding job of, of trying to find little wrinkles or nuance to, to things and, and to give your guys a chance. And, and we're very fortunate in the players that we have down there. You guys around the league talk about, or on this team, go out and we talk about guys stepping in and talking to them and helping them get ready in the locker room even when they're hurt. For Dustin Hopkins specifically, like what can he do um, and what can, conversations can he have with Riley while he's out preparing him to kick in Cleveland and yeah. the dog pound on Thursday night? Yeah, well, that's a good point, Cam, because I think the big thing is 
kicking in Cleveland's a little bit different than everywhere else. So naturally, he can share all the secrets of, of you know our stadium and the wind and those type of things. So I think that's extremely helpful to have Dustin here uh, with Riley in that regard. Uh, I think we had a couple guys in. And so, so clutch for you guys. You would think that if you did make the playoffs, he would be a real weapon for you uh, in that type of setting. Yeah. Are you confident that when you say week to week that if you did make the playoffs, he would be ready uh, to go? So it's, I can't say. I don't know. Tony, ask you about getting creative. Have you ever run as much, I know it's only been a handful, but as much wildcat as you have and what about now has made you go to that? Um, I d- I don't know if we like. I, I don't know the numbers offhand. I know with Tony Sperano at the Vikings, we ran a bunch of it. Uh, God rest his soul, he did a great job. He, Tony did that in Miami, if you remember. Uh, so we did it at the Vikings quite a bit, uh, maybe 2017, 18. Um, yeah, it's always just what. Sometimes you see things on film where you feel like there might be an opportunity. If 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 we do this, what would their reaction be? Uh, but it's it truly is a week to week thing. It's not. It's not you have to do a wildcat or you have to do something special. It's really just based on what you think you're going to get from the defense. Do you feel just as good about using PJ in some of those or some of that spot duty that you did for DTR? And you know why are you pretty confident with him as your backup? Yeah, we'll, we'll see in terms of the role, like you mentioned, Mary Kay. But yeah, very confident in PJ. Uh, he's started games for us, won games for us, come in and won games for us. He knows our system, uh, so very confident. Some of the guys said they, they looked at that. Jets game last year. Was that on their own, or did you show it to them? I think you always look at, if you played somebody the week before, you, you watch that because you want to see how they operated in third down or short yardage goal line. You always go back and watch it. Kevin, because you guys had the early bye, and I know these Thursday night games are hard, but is there some benefit, especially for you guys as a coaching staff, that you're going to have 10 days between games to kind of get this this mini bye coming up? Yeah, I think that's always the benefit of the Thursday night game for sure is it, it's so hard to make it. And I say it's hard. I, I just have to stand on the sideline. These players have to get their bodies ready to go. So it, it's hard from that perspective. Uh, once you get to Thursday, you do get a little bit of a breather on the other end. So every team kind of treats that as a mini bye, if you will. Uh, and pretty unique to have our buy so early and this one so late, but you're going to use it to your advantage and try to, you know, make sure the guys are getting healthy. Will you guys kind of do, I know you always do the self-scout at the bye week, will you guys kind of do a condensed version of that, especially with... Yeah, a little bit of that as as you evolve, uh, and you do it really throughout the season, you're already doing that, but you will use that opportunity just to see where you are in the last month or so. Yes. That's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski at the podium. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident has caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. When we come back, we'll reflect back on the Browns' big win over the Houston Texans, what this season has been, and where it hopefully is going and certainly will go with a win on Thursday night. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Flacco's going to work on second and 12 from the 21, out of the gun. Cooper, alone to the left, forward of the backfield. Flacco the snap, surveys the field, launching, end zone. It is caught! Touchdown, David Najoku! Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. And don't forget that OBM, the preferred co- provider of copiers and document services for the Cleveland Browns, who can tackle any size office, call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Your 10-5 and five Cleveland Browns coming off of that big 36-22 win over the Houston Texans. It's Victory Tuesday here on Cleveland Browns Daily, and folks, we have a huge opportunity on Thursday night. Remember back in 2020, Gibe? 2020, the last time the Browns punched their ticket to the playoffs, it was in the midst of COVID. There were 12,000 people at the stadium. Jim Donovan gave the iconic call. The only thing missing is all of you. Well, now the Browns have a chance again on Amazon Thursday Night Football to punch their ticket to the playoffs with a full Cleveland Browns stadium and the eyes of the nation watching. You are the only game in town that night. And so this Cleveland Browns team, which has overcome so much this season, sits at 10-5. and five. You got Joe Flacco facing the Jets team that he was with a year ago, leading an insane come-from-behind victory against the Browns. Now he's the Browns quarterback. He is 3-1, and one, coming off of a historic game. In Houston, Flacco throws for 368 yards, three touchdowns, becoming only the second Brown in franchise history to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. In fact, he now holds the Browns franchise records for most passing yards and passing touchdowns in his first four games with the team. And then what can you say about Amari Cooper? The nation's going to get to watch him. 11 catches, 265 yards, two touchdowns in the win over the Texans. That is the highest total in a single game in Cleveland Browns franchise history. It's a career high for Amari Cooper, and it's more receiving yards than anybody has had in the NFL this season. So the Browns are cooking right now. Winners of the last couple games take care of business against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You take care of business against the Chicago Bears in dramatic fashion, and you take care of business down in Houston. You've won three in a row. You sit at 10 and 5 with an opportunity to punch your ticket to the playoffs. And think about this. When the Browns take the field Thursday night against the Jets, they will do so without their starting quarterback, their starting running back, Nick Chubb, their left tackle, their starting right tackle, their second starting right tackle when Dewan Jones went down, their kick returner and punt returner, their starting middle linebacker, their starting strong safety, their third pass rusher, Obo Okoronkwo, their kicker, who has been the best kicker in the NFL. They could also be without their starting free safety, Juan Thornhill, who's missed three games in a row, and their punter, Corey Bohorquez. And yet, new guys step up every single week. The Browns, the most resilient team in the National Football League. Joe Flacco off of his couch into the history books. Kareem Hunt off of his couch has tied his career high in rushing touchdowns this season. Deron Harmon, a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, signs with the Browns less than a month ago, the day after the birth of his son. And he comes in, has an interception in this game down there in Houston. Zedarius Smith playing at an unbelievable level. And then you have Miles Garrett, who I think is the defensive player of the year. That's been the stabilizing force, really, has been the defensive front for this Browns team. Miles, so good, 13 sacks. And while the sacks haven't come recently, he has dominated the games behind the line of scrimmage with his pressure, with his tackles for loss. And so you have great corners, elite corners. MJ Emerson, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, quite frankly, all three could be pro bowlers this season, which would be historic. But this is a Browns team that has an opportunity in a whiteout on Thursday night. They're going to be wearing those beautiful white helmets. They're going to get the crowd in there early. We're going to get everybody fired up to punch their ticket to the playoffs. And I know that we were all talking around the holiday tables about maybe the Browns being the number one seed. And that, that took a little bit of a hit last night when the Ravens went into San Francisco and beat the 49ers. But this team, if I would have told you all those things that I just listed were true, 
that Joe Flacco would be the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, that we'd be 10-5 and five with a chance to go to the playoffs on Thursday night football against the Jets, you said, I love you, but you're crazy. This is the real story. It's like a movie. That's why we love rooting for this team. That's why they are so fun, the resilience, the belief. They never quit, and it doesn't matter who comes in. There's a standard here that no matter who steps into a major role, they step in and they step up, and we have seen that with this Browns team all season long. But right now, Flacco Fever is running wild in this town. I'll tell you what. So I had my buddy, Jimmy Bang Bang's nephew, made a card for Joe Flacco, thanking him for being the best quarterback ever, giving the kids the best Christmas with the big win on Christmas Eve. And I showed it to, to Joe, and he goes, this town's freaking crazy, man. I love it. I love it. Think about it. This guy rep was a Baltimore, the face of the Ravens. He tortured the Browns. Then he tortured them with the Jets last year. And now he is, he is the toast of the town. Flacco fever. People are wacko for Flacco. It's unbelievable. And, and the fact that he is playing at such a high level, the throws he made in this game, the deep balls to Amari, throwing out of sacks. Remember, he's not supposed to be mobile, bouncing off of sacks, rolling around, making plays. It's just been pure joy. And then you got David Njoku forged in the fires, literally, for the Cleveland Browns earlier this season. Didn't miss a snap. Did not miss a snap, Gibbe, as you smile over there. And yet he's back three straight games with a receiving touchdown. One of the most dominant complete tight ends in the National Football League. So much to like about this team. It so much embodies kind of that blue-collar, hard work, do whatever you can to find a way to win attitude that we, we love here about the Northeast Ohio region and the great city of Cleveland. So that's what's at stake on Thursday night, a chance to lock in the 2023 playoffs. That's all you can do is get in the dance, right? I talked with Jerron Harmon earlier today, the three-time Super Bowl champion. He said, you have to get in the dance, and then it's a second season, and the Browns are trying to earn their right for that second season with a win at home over the Jets, where the Browns are 7-1 and one this year. We've been one of the best home teams in the National Football League. Our defense at home, historically good. We need one more of those performances, and the Browns will punch their ticket. All right, coming up, hour number two, we've got the Hoff Joe Thomas joining us for the Joe Thomas half hour. That's going to be a lot of fun to get to. We're going to take a look at that AFC North and AFC playoff picture as well. And, we can, in fact, we can do that right now. As you look around the AFC North, I think ultimately it, it was good what the Steelers did. That yes. was a hard game. You, you didn't know really who to root for in that one, but the Steelers were able to knock off the Cincinnati Bengals. And so here are the standings right now in the AFC North. You've got the Ravens. They are 12-3. and They have clinched a playoff berth. Right now they look to be the most likely candidate to be the number one seed. Now if they lose both of their games, the Browns win both of theirs, there's an opportunity for the Browns to be that one seed and win this division. Browns 10-5, and Steelers 8-7, and Bengals 8-7 and as well. And if you look at the wild card picture in the AFC right now, the one seed, the Ravens 2 seed, Dolphins 3 seed, Chiefs 4 seed, the Jags holding on in a three-way tie there with the Colts and the Texans in the AFC South. The Browns, 10-5. and five. The Bills, all of a sudden, now the sixth team in. And that's a team I don't think a lot of people want to play in the AFC. And number seven currently, the Indianapolis Colts. And so that's where things sit right now. In week 17, coming up, you got, obviously, the Browns and the Jets Thursday night football. Dolphins at Ravens. That's a big one for playoff implications. Titans at Texans. Raiders at Colts. Panthers at Jaguars. So you think about that AFC South. Colts are favored over the Raiders. Texans are favored over the Titans. Jags, big favorites over the Panthers. So, still, Any, Anybody want to win a game in the AFC South? Uh, still a lot of drama. Not last week. They nope. certainly did not. Bengals, if you're wondering, are at the Chiefs. 
Steelers are at the Seahawks. And, and that is the scene. Those are the stakes. Win and you are in for the 2023 Cleveland Browns. All right, we'll be back with the Hoff Joe Thomas. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, a sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof you can sit back enjoy the wide open views with your whole family plus both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models so no matter your style you can drive efficiently and save on gas so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs Highlanders and more when you visit biotoyota.com Toyota let's go places Second and three out of the eye now for Keenum. Beck motions the left and a play fake. Keenum to throw. Keenum sacked. They brought the house and everybody met at the quarterback. Alex Wright, Shelby Harris, JOK, take your pick. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hour number two of a Victory Tuesday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio. Let Tide Cleaners take care of your laundry and dry cleaning needs this holiday season. Enjoy $10 off of $40 or more all month long with the code BROWNS10. Exclusions do apply. Visit locally owned and operated Tide Cleaners in the greater Cleveland area and make the most of your holidays. Nathan Zagura soon to be joined by the Hoff, Joe Thomas. You heard Andrew Siciliano on the call down in Houston this week. Jim Donovan back on the call for Thursday night. The Browns and the Steelers, it is going to be Browns and the Jets, I'm sorry. Browns have already beaten the Steelers. That's when Jim made his triumphant return, smashing the guitar. Emotional Gibbe, emotional me, emotional everybody. I was going to say, man. Everybody. Not a dry eye in the house, Gibbe. We got to kickoff, and I'm like, I need need a drink. This is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, a lot. you just had to wait till after the game, and then you got Maybe, a, uh, allegedly. a little PB&J. <laughs> Boy, those were flowing last night. Oh, baby. The shot queen got a hold of that kit and was like, well, here we go. I can't wait to run this by Bo, and I don't know if he's going to think it's blasphemous, but we took our bourbon apple pie oh, on a on an ice block, a little bit of screwball in there, so Ooh. give it a little peanut butter, okay. apple peanut butter goes together nicely. Oh, baby. It was a hit. Let me tell you. It was an absolute hit. So that was a lot of fun. Ended Chris the Christmas season the way I started it. A little Christmas vacation on. That's my it's what a film. It was It's just so I, good. Normally I, I will watch Chris I didn't watch any TV. Like by the time I got home Sunday night. Yeah. You guys didn't have football on yesterday? No, no, football, but like yeah. no Christmas movies. Let me put it that way. I don't like. I didn't watch anything Christmas Eve. I got home. Yeah. Patriots Broncos was going to overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I got to watching this now. I don't like. Like next year, I think I'll be for Christmas itself. 
I'll enjoy very much the fact that it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, and so there probably there won't be any football. Well, let's hope. How they can play a game? On, they can't play a game on Tuesday or Wednesday. They could. They played on Tuesdays before. You know that, and I know that. Yeah, that'd be during a tough the one. COVID era. Well, that was out of okay, but necessity. I would like it very much if if there was no game because you're right. Like I like to have like a Christmas story on in the background, and like I didn't. There was none of that, but there was there was fun football, and football is the greatest. So certainly enjoy that. Yeah, the football yesterday. I mean, watching the Chiefs literally have a meltdown was wild. Kelsey slamming his helmet. How they about, lose how about to the Raiders. Reed, like shoving shoving Kelsey. Like, come on, get it together. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's. I like it. You never know what's happening there. Eagles beat the Giants, but they were unimpressive in doing so. And then the Ravens were quite impressive, dominating the 49ers. That's the way that that one went around on our – Ah, yes. Pure joy now as we begin the Joe Thomas half hour. I welcome in the Hoff himself. First of all, Hoff, give me the breakdown. How was Christmas? How was the feast? How was the vino? How did how'd you do? It was incredible. Uh, we had the classic, at least in my family, Christmas – dinner we uh went with the uh ham you know the oh, honey baby. baked ham mama was in charge of that one we did the cheesy hash browns i don't know if that's just a wisconsin thing or if that's uh international but the wife does the hash browns i think it's like sour cream butter maybe some garlic um and then some cheese puts it all in a baking tin puts it in the oven so you get that like crispy crunchy goodness oh, cheese on the outside and the edges and then you get the creamy hash brown on the inside which was glorious we had a uh, squash from my farm garden that we uh baked up and then the butter honey it's just fantastic of course you always got to have mashed potatoes as well uh we did some uh brussels sprouts in the oven with some bacon bits with that was phenomenal so just a really nice down the middle exceptional christmas and to top it off the great z provided the vino for the event which was fantastic as always 99 oh, baby. points might as well be 100 i'm just gonna go 100 i mean yeah i was gonna it say tasted right? like it was 100 out of 100 i love it a little chateau pape clement famous saint emilion house in bordeaux ha love it i love to hear that i you saw my i sent you the video you saw the video the prime rib was what oh. it always is perfect although i think i added two new little wrinkles to it this year the first was Ooh, tell me I did the dry brine with the Penzi's prime rib, and I'd said this on the air to do this, but 48 hours. So it was in the fridge. I put it in the fridge. Uh, I got it on Saturday morning and put it in before I went to get on the plane for Houston and then obviously cooked it on, on Monday. So it had about 48 hours uncovered with that good rub all over it, and that really created an unbelievable crust on the exterior, and the flavors really penetrated the meat. And then when I did the wet rub with the, you know, the olive oil, the pressed garlic, the salt pepper, the rosemary, the thyme, the, the butcher had tied my bones, but not super tight. So I was actually able to kind of like pull it apart a little bit. And I had one of my, you know, the butcher gloves on, those black gloves, and kind of was just like sopping up the stuff. And then I was able to really rub the underbelly of the meat in between the bones and the, and the bottom side of the rib roast so that it actually, the middle was so flavorful too. It was, it was incredible. It, and it turned out to be just, people thought it was the best ever. I mean, I feel like you're always a prisoner of the moment in those situations, but... I think it may have been. Mm. It may have been the best ever. Well, the, the photos made it look like it was probably the best ever. Certainly, <laughs> yeah. it's never been exceeded, but uh, there <laughs> may be some imposters out there that were 
just as good throughout history, of course. But, uh, yeah, I was definitely really jealous. And I, I'm curious, after you said you did the 48-hour uncovered dry brine, is there yeah. a limit to how long you can leave it uncovered to continue to improve that crust where you start? I think they, I think 48 gain? is – I don't think you want to go much beyond 48 is what I was reading. That's, they say, is kind of the sweet spot, but you don't want to be going, yeah, I don't, I don't, 51 might be pushing it off. I don't know. Who's to say? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. <laughs> 48 is all you need, method. though, for uh, sure. Yeah, well, certainly it was a 10 out of 10, so I don't oh, know how you get any better than that. But the guy yeah. who did my Hall of Fame bust sculpting was a big smoked meat guy out in uh, Utah. Mm. Um, his name is Ben Hammond. He's fantastic, one of the best sculptors in North America, certainly. He did a great um, job. And he told me did a great job. I was very, very pleased with the results. But he does a brisket where he does a one-week uh, dry brine like that to really get that crust on wow. the outside. He leaves it in his, um, in his fridge. And he's like, when it starts smelling off, smell like it smells like it's gone too far he's like that's when you know it's just perfect and he says that that's his brisket secret i haven't, I haven't had the courage yet to try it on my brisket oh, no. but uh i was thinking no. about it when you were telling me about how you did your primary <laughs> when it starts smelling like it's going rotten that's because it is <laughs> that doesn't just yeah, that's right. that that doesn't just happen never know. you never know wow that's that's in that's intense that's intense i didn't i didn't see that one coming all right let's just talk about for a second al hop we talked about pure joy of food we get we're pure joy we're gonna get to see each other on thursday i'm pumped about that for the browns and the jets and it's the 10 and 5 browns because of what went down in houston 36 to 22 two questions for you first have you ever been a part of a game where you were blowing a team out so bad that all the starters come out helmets off they're standing around having the time of their lives and then all of a sudden they have to go back into the game has that ever happened to you uh it has never happened to me because well i know you had 10,363 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think and you would have refused time in my career yeah, yeah i refused it um yeah. however there have been times in the preseason where you come out of the game and then all of a sudden you know injury sure. or whatever happens where they're going oh you got to go back in the game and that that is a nerve-wracking moment because as you know like when you get in your mind ready to go play an nfl game it's serious like to the point where my friends and family they knew that they didn't want to talk to me like i didn't want to talk to them i wasn't calling the wife the day of the game i wasn't talking to friends like i was very focused and i think yeah. that's how a lot of people approach the game and then you know, you go through the first part of the game and it's obviously physically and mentally exhausting. And once you kind of check out that focused in the zone moment, it's really hard to just put that switch back on. And so that's like a nightmare scenario where all of a sudden you're going, holy crap, I got to go back in. And not only do I have to play, yeah. but like the game's on the line. I got to be at my best at, at a moment's notice. And that's how I always felt bad for those quarterbacks that were, you know, sitting on the sideline. They hadn't played all year and all of a sudden, you know, Week 12, fourth quarter, your starter gets banged up and they got to go in there cold and lead the team down there for a touchdown drive. So definitely some uh, some nervous moments on the sideline, but all was well because the result turned out in the Browns' favor.
Yeah, it was 36 to 7 with uh, just over six minutes to go in this one half, and you thought you were just cruising, and then all of a sudden, touchdown, onside kick, touchdown. You're like, whoa, hold on a second. What's going on here? Now, if there was a silver lining, it's that Amari Cooper got to come back in the game, catch one more pass, and set the Browns' all-time single-game record, excuse me, with 265 receiving yards. What can you say about what Amari Cooper did in this one and, and what Joe Flacco has done now is seemingly every single week? All you can say is pure joy, right? It's pure joy. so improbable, and you could tell the improbability of the outcome that we've seen since Joe Flacco has come and become the Browns' savior. It was written all over Flacco's face when he was on the sideline. I mean, just just happy, just surprised. I mean, he, he was ready for this moment. He stayed ready, you know. He, he didn't have to get ready when the Browns called him because he always felt like he had plenty left in the tank. Um, but I think still what happened there on Sunday, even it surprised him a little bit because it was like every time he dialed up number two, Amari came up with some incredible catch, contested catch down the sideline, beautiful route running, just so smooth, so fun. And the connection that those guys have, is just so great to watch, right? Because we all knew how great Amari yeah. Cooper was when he came here and he's had some great moments, obviously first receiver in Brown's history to go back to back thousand yard receiving season. Yep was able to go over that mark. But then to, to break Josh Gordon's Browns uh, single-game receiving yards record, RIP Josh Gordon, uh, memory in Cleveland, unfortunately that was like the last thing we, we think about with Josh Gordon. Yes, uh, he, is alive, he is, he um, is alive, folks. He is alive, yes. He is still alive, but his record <laughs> is no longer. in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, just, it was just a really fun moment, and you could just see how much joy those guys were having on the sideline and how much Flacco was just – probably reflecting in those moments of like where he was a month ago and then where he is right now is, you know, the quarterback of the team of destiny. He's it is. It feels like a team of destiny. He is the most popular man in town by a wide margin right now. And it's Flacco fever is legitimately running wild. We talked in that game against Chicago, how good that throw was in the hole to were in between the three defenders to Amari for the touchdown. What about the throw on fourth down? And even he had to laugh about it after the game. Huff, he's getting sacked from behind, falling forward with his body going to the ground. He's getting hit almost. He's about to get hit from the front as well. And he doesn't just throw like a guy right in front of him. He throws an out to the sideline. Actually, it's a comeback where he throws Amari open in a window as big as a ball. That if he doesn't get the ball there, it's going to be a pick six. That throw to me was one of the most incredible, insane things I've ever seen in my life. What did you think of that one? Well, the thing that screamed uh, in my head was confidence. And Joe Flacco has never lost confidence in himself, and he's never lost confidence in his big arm. And that's why I always love big quarterbacks, especially as they get older, because it seems like that arm strength and that ability to escape or at least hold on as they're being sacked to get one more pass in is unmatched. And smaller quarterbacks just don't have that. And I think for Flacco, he's a big guy. You know, they talked about it a bunch on the broadcast. I know you're not listening to the uh, the broadcast, but Ian Eagle, Charles Davis did a great job again and just talking about how big Flacco is and how difficult he is to bring to the ground. And I think yeah. a guy that maybe doesn't have the confidence that Flacco has would never even attempt that throw because it's a risky throw. When you're throwing anything to the sideline, come back, it's one of the more difficult routes that quarterbacks throw. It's one of the things that a lot of times, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, can they play in the NFL? Hey, can you throw that comeback route on time? Because the windows are so small in the NFL. And then talk about off balance with the guy draped all over you, throwing to the sideline in a tight window and being able to, one, let it rip and feel good about it. And then 
to hit the ball exactly where in your mind when you close your eyes it was supposed to go, putting it there. Like, those are the things that only happen when you're the team of destiny. I mean, that's all I can say. January, Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper. It just put a smile on everybody's face. Elite, elite guys, elite. elite. Oh man, the, the throw it, the throw to Chief on the little like stick and go, the stick and nod in the middle of the field when they had the middle of the field open the two deep safeties to put it in the window that he put that one in, and that one he threw completely flat footed, about thirty yards on a rope. I mean, it's just it's it's awesome to see. This has been so fun. You say team of destiny, team of joy. All of those things are so apropos. This Browns team is special. It's got a very special feel to it, and for a very good reason, because they have done things that have been incredible week in, week out. Now, one question coming out of this one, we'll talk about special teams in a second, but Hoff, it feels like we can't run the ball, and we're throwing because we need to, and quite frankly, we're very good at it right now with Joe Flacco, but we cannot run the football, and it's been a couple of weeks now where we're around two yards a carry. We have the lowest yards per carry in the league over the last three games by a wide, wide, wide margin. Well, that was one of the things we said when Flacco first came in there. So, well, you know, we're still running the ball pretty well, even though we lost Nick Chubb. We're finding a way. But I think the decimation of our roster, especially at the tackle position, is starting yeah. to eat away at the run game a little bit. You know, we've got it when we need it in some of those short yard situations. And I think that's a credit to the creative run schemes that the fantasy's putting together. But also, Kareem Hunt's a really good short yardage back, and, and yeah. that helps. And then having – the ability to bring in DTR in some of those situations and, and give defenses looks that they haven't seen, which gives you the advantage, right? Because you have a split second where they're not exactly sure what they're looking at, right? Um, when, when I think back to my first few years in the NFL, everyone was running a lot of 21 personnel, right? It's two backs and a tight end. Yep. And you had all kind of the same run concepts. You had power, you had counter, you had the, the lead to the weak side where your fullback leads on that front side linebacker and it's an inside zone, like all the run concepts were pretty similar. And then there was a couple teams like the Shanahan's that were running the outside zone. But for the most part, if I'm a linebacker, I used to talk to Dequel Jackson about this. He was like, as soon as you guys lined up in that formation and you would start your motion, he's like, I knew exactly what was coming. And I had, I knew the gap that I had to get to. And so I was beating you guys to the spot. Well, they don't have that advantage when they're looking at a formation and a personnel grouping they haven't seen. And so they're going to be a little slower. And I think Stavansky has used that to our advantage. And Kareem Hunt is really tough to tackle in a phone booth when he only needs a yard or two. But they need to be able to find a way to get some normal down and distance, four, five, six-yard clips. Because as much as we expect and hope that January Joe continues this elite trajectory uh, throwing the football to Omari Cooper, like, we're we're going to play the Jets on Thursday night. And Robert Stahl is a very good defensive coordinator, like, Yes. They're going to be ready, and they're going to try to take away Amari. And I think that's where Njoku has played a huge role for us in the middle of the field because if you do double or you try to roll safeties to Amari, it does open up things in the middle of the field to Njoku. But I mean, there, there's ways to take away two guys as well, and, and they're going to just sit back in coverage and try to force you to run the football a little bit. And so finding ways to be productive, especially when you do have – numbers or a light box where you do have a hat for a hat I think is going to be really important if we do want to make any type of a playoff run yeah I think you're exactly right about that talking with the Hoff Joe Thomas it's the Joe Thomas half hour here on Cleveland Browns daily all right Hoff game ball time one on offense who are you giving your game ball to <laughs> well if I don't give it to Amari Cooper I feel like I should be fired on the spot but I'll I'll, leave, I'll take Amari because he set the franchise record for Receiving yards in a game, and, and I'll leave the uh, the other low hanging fruit to you, Big Z. 
Yeah, there's. it's nice. Two people, very easy. Amari Cooper, <laughs> Hops Game Ball, mine, January Joe Flacco, 368 yards, three touchdowns in this one. He was spectacular. All right, on defense, game ball, defensive game ball from you. I'm going to go with Greg Newsom. Um, it, it was fun watching him. You know, the first time he did his little celebration, which I'm not exactly sure what the, the name of it is yet, but, <laughs> you know, the few times that he's been challenged, um, he's been fantastic. Like he's yeah. been that lockdown corner that we've been talking about for a long time and, and a big impetus why this team has been uh, not only competitive, but right there at the top of the AFC is because of this great defense, which starts with the coverage in the back end and then the pass rush that we can provide up front. And when you've got two great corners in Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, and then you've got a host of other fast, speedy guys that can cover underneath. Uh, it makes it really difficult. There's just not a lot of holes to throw to. And, and I think being able to lock up number one and number two receiver from the other team, when you're going to be playing some of these top teams in the AFC in the playoffs, I think is, is going to be huge. And, and I loved what I saw from Greg Newsom, not only with his coverage, but his confidence, his swag that seems yep. to be infectious within that Browns defense. Yeah, and, and quite frankly, I think we have the th- best three corners. We can take anybody's one, two, and three. MJ Emerson playing at, at an unbelievably elite level as well. So I like that. Greg Newsom, my defensive game ball is going to go to Zadarius Smith, the veteran. Two <laughs> sacks, hit the, hit the arm of Keenum on the interception for Deron Harmon. He was around the quarterback all game long, dominant against the run. That was kind of what I think when we brought in Zadarius, that's what we were expecting. And he had been around the quarterback a lot. He was second in pressure, second in hits on the team. And his numbers weren't that far behind Miles. But this was the first game where he kind of blew up two sacks, a turnover, really had three sacks. And I thought that that was the Zadarius. And and we get, you know, Miles and Zadarius going half. We're tough to deal with. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's not like Zadarius was getting criticism, but I think there was some question marks. Oh, we brought him here. We thought he'd have more sacks. As you get older, you lose just a little bit of that closing speed once you beat your blocker to be able to get to the quarterback. And so he's there. He's been affecting the game. He's been affecting the throw a bunch. So he's had a great impact for this defense. Just hasn't been able to seal the deal. And it was so fun to be able to watch him with the joy on his face, getting some of those sacks, getting that production that I think some of the fans that maybe just checked the stats at the end of the game have been looking for. And uh, to your point, I, 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 because me and Jack were watching the game like we always do, sitting on the couch and seeing Zadarius with the Santa celebration. Yes. And I just loved it because he, at first when he did it, it looked like you know he's army crawling and then Jack goes, he's doing a Santa celebration. I go, he did, yeah, because he was climbing down the chimney and then uh, he was eating the cookies and then he was rubbing his belly. I thought it was awesome. And I, I, I think it's so cool when these guys, they're ready for that big moment and then they're able to celebrate, get their, their teammates fired up, get the guys fired up on the sideline. And Zadarius has been much beloved in that defensive meeting room since he got here. He's been, yes. you know, one of the old heads, but guys talk about, you know, what a great personality he has. And when you make a play like that and then you're able to celebrate and get guys fired up and get uh, get an old guy and his son fired up back in Madison, Wisconsin, that, that's pure joy deserving of a game ball for sure. It is. Love it. Zadarius there. Now, if there's one thing that we didn't do well in this game, Hoff, special teams. And we let a kick go back to the house, up 14-0, when their offense couldn't do anything. But it was more than just allowing a kick because on that play, Dustin Hopkins gets hurt. 
That forces Corey Bajorquez to kick off. He gets hurt on kickoffs. The Browns might now have a new kicker, new punter. Our kicker has been the best kicker in the National Football League. Our punter has been elite in his ability to change field position, flip the field, and really hit some bombs. So this was, and not only that, special teams also allowed an onside recovery in this game. So I know Bubba Ventrone, your former teammate, he is going to make sure that that all gets cleaned up there. But you're happy these things happened and you still won. But as we get further along the season, either one of those things happening, an onside kick or a a kick return for a touchdown, could be the difference between advancing your season, going closer to the Lombardi, or going home. Yeah, that, that was not a lot of fun. That was not joy. That was the low of my day there. We always go around the table at the end of the day with the kids and talk about our highs and lows. And for me, watching uh, our kicker sprint down the field and, and show speed, which I, I've been in that mindset a few times, chasing down interceptions, and you're thinking, oh, I can catch this guy. I can impress the team and everybody back home with how fast he is. But then when I was watching um, Dustin running, I'm going, man, he's looking fast, but he doesn't run very much usually, and so this could not right. be good for the soft tissue. And sure enough, as soon as that was over, even though he didn't pull up lame, like you know, sometimes you see guys when they really pop a hamstring, I'm going, man, his hammies are just not ready to be running 70 yards at that speed because right. you're kind of getting ahead of your skis a little bit. And then as you slow down, everybody knows that's pulled a hamstring. It, it usually happens when you try to start slowing down uh, because it's that eccentric lengthening of the hamstring that uh, makes him go. And so I, I was really nervous even before I heard that he did hurt his hamstring. Hopefully it's not too bad. I saw we, we did sign a uh, kicker to the practice squad yeah. either today or yesterday. Um, and it's definitely a concern because he's been such a weapon. I think Miles Garrett said it uh, a few weeks ago. He's like, he's the best player on the team. Now that was hyperbole, obviously because Miles Garrett is the best player of the team, <laughs> but Dustin has been incredibly clutch. He's been the best kicker and in the you NFL. No, when you're yeah. going to make, best kicker in the NFL. You know when you're going to make a run through the playoffs, you're going to have to make a kick at the end of the half or at the end of the game to win the game. And it's going to come down to somebody's right foot. And yep. we felt pretty good with Dustin, so you hope that he'll be able to come back. Uh, but it definitely makes you nervous, especially when you combine that with uh, a punter who has been fantastic. The work has been unbelievable for the Browns. Now he's down. You're going, uh-oh, you know, to replace both specialists at this point in the yeah. season is uh, is not exactly ideal. And it's the operation. You're going to have a whole new kicking operation, a new holder if Borges isn't able to go, and a new kicker. And so those are people who likely have not worked together before, certainly not worked with Charlie Hewlett. And so this could be a big thing here on a short week against the Jets. Speaking of the short week, how do you kind of get your body and mind right when it's a short week to begin with? You know what's at stake, right? You have a chance to clinch for the playoffs. And then, oh, Christmas was on the Monday of the short week. How do you deal with that as a player? Yeah, it's really tough. And I watched the Chiefs game on Christmas Day, and it just looked like the Chiefs, they were not really into it mentally. Like, they just made so many mistakes. Even Patrick Mahomes, a guy that you rarely see make boneheaded decisions. I mean, it's throwing out routes, come back to the sideline late, getting picked off. And when you throw the Christmas distraction in there, as much as – you don't want it to be a distraction. It is. I mean, you got family and friends in town, people that have kids. Like, you want it to be special for them, but you also don't want to try to – you don't want to lose focus on what is at stake for your team. But it's hard to kind of balance that. And I think when we used to play Thursday games, the preparation for that Thursday started the second you landed Sunday night for this team from Houston. I mean, when I was playing, we would go 
into the cryo chamber right off the airport, uh, right as soon as we landed, and start trying to get your body recovered. Certainly coming in, even if it's Christmas Day, you know, maybe you come in later in the day, you're doing as much recovery as you possibly can. You're getting massage. You're getting hot, cold, ice, ice tub, uh, hot tub contrast to try to get that body to recover. You're doing some zone two cardio, where you, whether it just be walking on a treadmill or if your knees are too swollen, maybe you're just riding the bike, just trying to get that blood flow as much as you can. It's a mental week, but you got to try to find a way to get your body ready and get your body healed, but also knowing that, hey, you know, we'll sacrifice a little bit. Playing on a Thursday, you don't have the free time. Your body's not going to feel so good. But hopefully having that little mini buy Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, get yeah. an opportunity to get ready for a big stretch uh, now that it looks like the Browns probably won't be able to get a buy in the first round of the playoffs until they'll be playing. But I think it'll be an advantage if they're able to get through this Thursday and get the win against the Jets, having that little bit of a break before they make a playoff run. Half Thursday night football. National TV, the Browns, who are 7-1 and one at home, have a chance to clinch a playoff berth. You are going to be in the house. You're going to be on the national radio call. I'm going to be in the house on our call with the, with the great Jim Donovan. I can't wait. But how special of a night do you think this could be in this city, given that the last time we punched our ticket to the playoffs, there were 12,000 people in attendance. It was the middle of COVID. This is... I just think it, it could be nuts. And I want everybody in the stadium early, but pace yourselves during the day. Water will be your friend. You've got to get to the game, folks. Remember that. You've got to be able to make it into the game. Z, I think you're painting a beautiful picture. And it's uh, the only advice I can have for fans is my sister just had twins last summer. And we went to the Morgan Wallen concert in the spring at uh, Miller Park in Milwaukee. And it was her coming out party, right? First time she's going to go back out after having twins, having a great time. She's 30. She's eight years younger than me. And, yep. uh, you know, we start tailgating at noon for an 8 o'clock concert. And I told oh, man, you know, being the big brother, I'm like, hey, you haven't been out in a long time. Like, right. you got to have a little bit of a governor, especially early on. Beer, water, beer, water. It's your friend. Don't don't be afraid. Don't Don't feel like the bus is leaving you if you're sipping on some waters and some seltzer waters early on because – the, the big show's happening at 8 o'clock tonight. Of course, what happened, right. she was lights out at 7.30 before Morgan Wallet even comes on stage. So, Brown fans, take the advice and learn from the mistakes of my sister, Jesse Thomas. You can start early, but don't go hard early because I don't want you going home before 8 o'clock because we need you. It's going to yes. be an incredibly electric atmosphere. I'm so excited to be there. And the biggest challenge for me, the biggest stressor that I have going into this game is Doing the national show, I'm supposed to be a little bit unbiased. I don't know how I'm Good luck. Be coming on. Good luck coming out of yep. that radio booth. <laughs> Good luck, and that stadium is rocking, my friend. Are you with Are you with Ian again? Yep. Yeah, it's me and Ian. Yeah. yeah, tell Ian say sorry, brother. You're gonna have to put your Browns hat on tonight. This is this is, this is gonna be a celebration <laughs> in this town. Gonna be a celebration. All right, Hop, get you. Go ahead. So I was just say, thankfully, it's not on TV, so I can wear. I'll be fully decked out in brown gear, and uh, nobody on the national broadcast will have any idea. That's right. There'll be none the wiser. All right, Hop, real quick, we'll get you out of here on this one. How do you kind of see, really, the league right now, AFC, NFC, the Ravens just go and smash the Niners. The Chiefs look to be in a little bit of chaos. The way this playoff picture is setting up, do you agree that it feels like the Niners probably still might be the best team. The Bills feel dangerous right now, but it, it does feel like if you get into the dance, 
you've got a chance to go all the way because there aren't there isn't a super team right now. You're exactly right. The playoffs to me has always been about matchups, right? It seems like first and foremost, you know, how do you match up in the playoffs? Because you know, just because you have the best record or the best seeding doesn't always mean that you're going to win the games in yep. the playoffs. Because hey, we got a great rushing attack. You know, we're playing on grass, bad conditions. All of a sudden, you know, you can steal one from somebody who's maybe not used to playing in those conditions or more of a passing attack, or maybe you've got like the Browns, great secondary. You go up against a team that likes to throw the football. You can lock down their pass catchers um, and you can pull upsets in those ways. But also I think the second most important thing going in the playoffs is momentum is hot streaks that you're on. And certainly the Browns, the Ravens, I think even from an unbiased perspective, those are probably the two best teams right now in the AFC with the bills, you know, just a little bit yep. behind and, I mean, it, it's anybody's game, right? And that's what I love about the NFL playoffs, right? It, it, a lot of times you say, okay, well, you know, this team's really hot. They got great quarterbacks, especially a couple of years ago when the Chiefs were really rolling. You're like, all right, I, I don't know who's going to beat the Chiefs, but this year you get an advance, you got a chance. And I, I feel really good, and I think that's part of the reason that Thursday's going to be so rocking because I think Browns yeah. fans feel it. They understand how good this defense is, how great this offense has been playing with Joe Flacco. And just the momentum that this, and the confidence that this team is playing with that they can beat anybody. Hoff, begin your training now. Right now. Get off the phone. Begin the training. Have some Hoff's beef. Start building that muscle. Forging that flame. Because we might need you to fly back in from Germany when this thing gets serious. The, I started my training on December 23rd when I ate my first Christmas dinner. And then the 24th when we ate our second Christmas dinner. And it's just been rolling. There's been not a single night that didn't end with at least seven or eight different Christmas cookies before bed. So I'm about halfway back up to my playing weight. So give me another couple of weeks of uh, Christmas meals every night, and I think I'll be over 300 by uh, January 8th. Yes, this is what we need. This is the content we need. Hoff, can't wait to see you. Thanks for the time, as always, today. And this is going to be, hopefully, an absolute blast in Cleveland on Thursday night. Love you, buddy. I uh, cannot wait to see you on Thursday. It's going to be an atmosphere that I, I don't know if I've ever experienced at Cleveland yeah. Brown Stadium, and I cannot wait for it, man. It's going to be amazing. The same, same. Much love to the Hoff. Let the training commence. We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns Daily, but first, Rumkey Waste and Recycling is a great place to start and build a career. Check out the latest opportunities to join the team that's working together to keep your community clean and green. Learn more at www.rumkey.com. When we come back, you heard the Hoff talking about him. January Joe Flacco, we've got him at the podium from earlier today. Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance or any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew could stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you could sit back and enjoy the wide open views with the whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.
in it, but takes the shotgun snap. Back to throw. Has time. Ball deflected up in the air, and it is intercepted. JOK has it for the Browns, and he's down to the Houston 41. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Rolling Stones Heckney Diamonds Tour will be at Cleveland Brown Stadium on Saturday, June 15th. Tickets on sale now. Visit clevelandbrownstadium.com slash Rolling Stones for more information. Here's Joe Flacco at the podium. Joe, how excited are you for the opportunity to clinch a playoff spot potentially on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, listen, we talked about it a little bit after the game this past week. It seems like every week, you know, you mark, you look at the game and you're like, man, this is a big one. This is a big one. And it's just another one of those. Uh, I think we just, once again, um, we can worry about that when the game's all said and done, but just go out there and focus on winning. You've been, a, you've been through a, a lot of big games uh, the course of your career, but is it even for you a little bit surreal that, you know, two months ago you didn't have a team and now you got a chance to, to clinch a playoff spot in a couple of days? I guess to a certain extent, but um, when you come back out here and you, you kind of get with everybody and you start playing games, you kind of fall right back into feeling like, uh, you've been doing this for a while, so at this point, it, it, it feels pretty good to just be back out there and all that. Joe, you're a big story in New York this week. What are your feelings about the Jets and them not calling you back and waiting at home? Listen, man, it, it, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen throughout the course of a season and an off season and things like that. And I enjoyed my time while I was there, and you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be where I am, that's for sure. Um, listen, there's. There's 32 teams in the NFL. They're just another one of those teams. Um, I got a lot of got a lot of guys over there. I really respect and had had an awesome few years with in that locker room. So, a lot of respect for those guys. Joe, what's been the most kind of surreal moment over the course of the last month or so as you've kind of gone through this whole thing? You know, the moment where you kind of go, you know, maybe left you huge. <laughs> Shaking your head the most. Yeah, listen, I think to a certain extent you can look at the whole thing and do that if you want to. Um, but like I said, I think when you're in the moment, you just kind of fall back into, you know, another season, another locker room, and going out there and playing football. And when you're on the field on Sundays and you're playing football, you can find, you know, you, you can feel like you're at home. So that, that stuff kind of goes away. Um, and like I said, I'm not really thinking about that, all that stuff at this point. If I wanted to, the, like I said, it could probably be all of it. But. You know, at this point, it's just go out there and play and, you know, try to make it as normal as possible. You made a comment after the game Sunday that at least now that you're playing, you could watch games, whereas when you weren't playing, you were kind of better about not playing. <laughs> so didn't it cross your mind how many times that the Jets didn't call you, considering what they went through before the play? No, not really. The, the only reason it crossed my mind is because people ask me, hey, are the Jets going to call you? Like, as soon as <laughs> something happens, you know, like all your buddies and everybody like that. Um, but other than that, no, it really hasn't. What's the most challenging aspect of having the quick turnaround, being on the road in Houston, and you got to come back and play on Thursday night? I think always when you're talking about these Thursday games, it's going to be the physicality of it. Um, you know, maybe not for the quarterback necessarily, but when you're talking about football, you're talking about you know, playing a really physical game, and that's the most important thing when it comes down to it in terms of winning games is the battles in the trenches. So I think that's always the number one thing that you talk about when you talk about these games. Now that, go ahead. What about the fact that you guys still uh, have an opportunity to win the, the AFC North? And you've been through a lot of like really heated AFC North battles. I know it's not going to be easy, but it's still there for you. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's something that we can think about. You know, uh, Kevin's really big on one and zero, and um, you know, all that other stuff kind of falls into place. You just got to go out there and take care of business on the field, and then when the dust settles, you look up and see where you are. But it's really not that important. Now that you've uh, you've had a mud, how do you feel physically compared to say like a decade ago? Your arm, just your body. Is it really a turn back the clock uh, situation? Listen, quarterback is like a week to week thing in terms of how you feel physically. Some weeks you can, you know, you can have, you can be sore into Wednesday and Thursday, and other weeks you can feel great on Monday and Tuesday. Um, I, I still feel like my body responds pretty well. Um, I'm probably a little bit unrealistic in that. Maybe I don't quite remember being 25 years old anymore. Um, but, you know, I, there's so many tools that we have available today, and people are so much more just aware generally of how to kind of uh, keep your body um, in shape in the way it should be and then react to these kind of things the way it should be. So I, I, I feel really good about where my body is, um, but these guys have also done a great job of protecting me, so that's been great. When you, what was your Christmas like? What's that? What was your Christmas like with the family? Oh, it was great. I mean, I, I think I slept into like 7.30 and got a call from my wife and, because they were still back uh, back home. And they did the whole Christmas morning thing. And I was on, I kind of was sitting there on the table on FaceTime and they weren't paying any attention to me. So, you know, I hung out for a little bit, but I, then I was like, all right, I'll talk to you later. Get me off of this thing. Let them have fun. Um, and then they flew out yesterday afternoon. So like yesterday evening they got here and they got some Browns gear. They are they they came in with some. They got some more. Uh, they're all loaded up. That's for sure. Joe, have these five weeks gone faster? Does it feel like a long time ago that you showed up here? Time time flies, man. Uh, weeks weeks like don't even exist anymore. The months barely do. Um, you look up and it's like. You know, I mean, shoot, man, it's almost, it's almost 2024 here, uh, a couple more days, and we're looking at that. So um, time flies. It goes quick. Hey, Joe, when you got here, obviously your confidence was high that you could still play. Maybe your expectations were a little tempered. I don't know. Um, has this been beyond what you even expected in terms of uh, your production and how well things have gone? You, I mean, you could probably say that just in terms of, like, you know, you, you think you're coming into a good situation with a good team and there's, there's a possibility for this, but you never quite know. It's up to you and your teammates to go out there and do that. And I think that this has been, I think what, I'm, what I've probably noticed is that you, you, assume, you, you kind of from the outside think this is a pretty good situation, but when you get here, it's an even better situation than you could have imagined. So, I mean, Joe, you have so many games here as a visitor. So you haven't seen this home crowd celebrate that often. So what do you think it could be like Thursday night with a chance at clinching the playoff? I, I haven't really thought about it, you know, to be honest with you, how they would, how they would kind of take it in. Um, but it, it could definitely be a really cool moment. Um, we just have to go out there and make it happen on Thursday. Joe, I asked you about that game last year. <laughs> last year? When yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the craziest finish, and therefore pretty, pretty damn memorable. Um, I mean, listen, you guys, there was like a 99.9 percent .9 chance in that game. I mean, you, you kind of feel like you're out of it. I mean, in one res in one respect, it is so memorable just because of that, and and on the other side of it, you're kind of thinking, man, that's just so random. Like, how lucky did we did we get? You know, there's so many things that have to happen there, so. 
you know, you see it every week. You know, every no matter what, these games tend to come down to the last couple of minutes, and that wasn't just another one of those. Why does the connection with Amari just work so well for you? I, I, I mean, I've said it a million times. Uh, he's an unbelievable player, and that's. I, I think that's as simple as of an answer as it can be, and it's, it's just the truth. He's he's really good, and um, he makes it go. Joe, back to physically how you feel uh, in terms of the arm strength and, and how the passes are coming out. How would you compare that now to say your rookie year ten years ago? Does it feel like uh, my? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, listen. I, you hate to like try to talk about yourself in a somewhat positive light, but um, my arm feels great. You know, I I think I I don't know if I can throw the ball quite as far as I did back then. Probably because I don't take time out of my day to work on throwing the ball. You know, as far as I can anymore. But in terms of arm strength and um, you know just on the the intermediate routes and all those types of things, um, and keeping my arm in shape, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I feel the same as I always have. Uh, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Uh, Christmas party I went to. Everybody was talking about Joe Flacco. Have you gotten a sense of how you kind of captured this town in such a short time? The city's been unbelievable. I, I mean, I can't say enough about how welcoming uh, everybody has been. Especially, that is the one strange part. I would say, not necessarily putting on the uniform and playing, but just coming from. Baltimore for most of my career and just seeing everybody out in your regular part of your day and how welcoming the city's been um, you know back to the surreal thing that's probably been that's that would probably be a good answer for that it's, it's definitely been a little bit surreal in terms of how people have treated me around here uh, it's, it's that that stuff always feels good you know um, so hopefully we can keep it going for them there's a couple more I just watched a few plays. My my boys were in there. We let them watch the first half. Uh, dude, they're always there, man. They're 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 great organization. Uh, really well coached. A ton of talent, and they make sure they bring the right guys in um, that are going to fight for 60 minutes. They're going to be able to deal with adversity. Um, you know, you, you could talk those guys up forever. They're just a really good football team. That's why they're in it every single year. Um, and when they're really rolling, they get better as the year goes on. They get more physical and all those things. So standard stuff, I think, for those guys. Um, I think they should be excited where they are, for sure. Joe, going into this game on Thursday, I know obviously rosters change, but your you know, uh, you, you kind of have that in the back of your mind. Does it help? Does it hurt? They're probably thinking it helps them. Maybe I'm thinking it helps me. Who knows? Uh, you know, you're running a slightly different offense. Um, they're a whole nother year evolved into what they really feel like they do well. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, once you once you cr kind of cross over the white on game day, that's really what matters. So all that kind of other stuff goes aside. Join Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry tonight for the Browns preview show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Defensive end Alex Wright and the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan. Join the guys tonight, again tonight, as we get you ready for a Thursday night football and the Jets. Real quick, some news from the Jets. Zach Wilson is out. Trevor Simeon will start at quarterback. Kicker Greg Zerline might be out. He is dealing with a quad injury. The next level is next. Thanks for joining us on this Victory Tuesday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet.
You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.